0: Thank you for listening to the Church podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org. So tonight, my message is on the power of the tongue. So um, I always like to tell y'all cool things because I'm hoping that maybe they'll click up here and y'all will remember something that I say, whether it's, you know, cool or stupid or whatever you think it is. Um... I wanted to tell you a little bit about about your tongue because I told you a little bit about your heart because this stuff I honestly did not know. Um, Your tongue is made up of eight muscles, not one, but eight, and it is the only muscle in the human body, the only one that works independently of the skeleton. It's all on its own hanging out there, (laughs) (laughs) Um, which is kind of scary if you think about it. Um, Also, in case you did not know this because I like to tell you all (laughs) this, It has distinct imprints on your tongue, just like your fingerprints. They can now identify bodies by tongue imprints. Now, I don't know where you can go and get your tongue scanned at. I don't know. Um, I wouldn't suggest doing that. I think it's kind of gross, but, I mean, I'm just telling you. But this is a really cool fact. A tongue can get fat. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, fat. Because as you gain weight, your tongue gains weight. Okay? I'm being 100% honest with you. This is, this is totally truth that I'm speaking. I'm only telling y'all this because I feel like this is medically necessary for me to tell y'all this. If you have apnea episodes, Jason, hush. And you wake up in the middle of the night and you're going, Ooh, like that, you probably have a fat tongue. Okay? So I'm not lying. If you've ever been heavier and then you lose weight, your apnea will get 10 times better. And that is a true fact. And um, if I get really tired, I will have an apnea episode and scare my family half to death. Um, But it could just be I've, you know, got a fat tongue. Um, So why did that ring a bell with me? Um, I see this because when we take in junk, like not just junk food, but just junk, and then we spread it, well, then we're getting spiritually out of shape and we're getting a fat tongue. Spiritually fat and not of Christ. So that's how I kind of took it and compared it. I'm also going to share the next fact, even though it plagues me to do so. Um, Men speak, men, about 7,000 words a day. Do y'all know how many women speak? (laughs) About (laughs) 20,000? Now, in some cases, this is reversed. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah sometimes this is reversed, you know, and she said she loved you so much, Um, so in saying that, you know, this tongue that operates all on its own, you know, and we don't want to blame it for anything, but how many of you can remember when somebody said something and it just truly hurt you, like said something and you're like, I can't believe they said that, or you sat there and took it with pride, you know, and then you get home and you're just like completely and utterly depressed and like oh my goodness did that just happen why am I so hurt by this but how many times have you been the other person the one who wished that they could take back their words have y'all ever said something and just wish that you could just go back like had an instant reverse like I want to go back like right here right now like I will do anything if you will just send me back five minutes in time and I will fix what I just said I do that. I have been there, and my mind will race with regret. My heart starts to pound. I get physically sick. I start stressing over what's going to happen because of what I said. Like, I'll be hugging the toilet. Like, did I just say that? Like, oh, my gosh. Like, they're never going to want to talk to me again. Like, oh, they're going to tell. You know, and you don't mean it. It just kind of comes as what you think. So sometimes we wonder, how can I get out of this royal mess that we have found ourselves in? So I once was reading, and it says to picture a circus. Y'all know what the circus is? I'm not talking about the circus now with like the motorbikes and the pigs. I'm talking about like a real circus. Y'all remember the real circuses when they used to have them with lions and tigers and bears, oh my? Okay, so all the wild animals, all the dancing bears, all the growling lions, and then there's this tent. And there is a sign above this tent, the doors are closed, and it reads, The Utterly Untameable. You know what I mean? And you wonder to yourself, What's behind it, you know? What's behind this curtain, this utterly untamable animal? Is it a wild mustang? Is it some two-headed lion? I mean, what's behind there? And when they pull back the curtain, it's a woman on a cell phone talking. Because they are utterly untamable, okay? Our words sometimes, or even our lack of words, have caused pain. It's not always about gossip or even about a lie. Sometimes we just talk too much. And um, we repeat the words of others that we shouldn't. And other times we try to say the right thing and it comes out the wrong way. Have you ever done that? Like, I'm going to say something and then you say it and you're like, that didn't come out how I meant to say it. I want to say it another way. Can we say that again? Or maybe we said the right thing in the presence of the wrong people or at the wrong time. This happens all the time. We're at a ball game or something and Jason says, I'm pay attention to who's around you. You don't know, because if somebody hears, if I'm sitting next to somebody at a ball game and I mention the word Lindsay, and Lindsay's two rows down from me, she doesn't know if I'm talking, man, Lindsay looks amazing today. Or she might be thinking, oh, Lindsay stunk today. You know what I mean? You don't know. You know what I mean? You know what I mean, girl, when you be working out and everything. Okay. So, but my point is, she doesn't know what I said. So she's only going to think what she wants to think. So our mouths can often be misused. The word tongue, talk, speak, words, mouth, and silence are used over 3,500 times in the Bible. 3,500 times. The mouth speaks what the heart has stored. The truth is, as bad as we all don't want to hear it, and I didn't either when I was studying this, words are never accidental. Never. We may utter a careless word, but even those words, they're formed in our minds, filtered through our hearts, And then we give them permission to come out the lips. Even though we want to say, I didn't mean it, you really, it goes through two checks before it ever comes out here. Your mind's going to check it, your heart's going to check it, and it's going to come out here. So we're going to dig into Scripture, and we're going to see what God reveals to all of us. And the very first scripture that I'm going to read is found in James 3, and it's verses 1 through 12. In my King James, it is titled, The Unruly Tongue, and you've probably heard it before. That's why I wanted to kind of read it out of the, um, the other version, just so y'all could kind of understand even. In, it, just, it really just kind of speaks to you when you read it like this. My dear brothers and sisters, don't be so eager to become a teacher in the church, since you know that we who teach are held to higher standard of judgment. So whenever I read that, I stopped and prayed. First of all, this isn't just about teachers and pastors. If you don't realize it already, when you become saved, you are all a teacher. You are all in the ministry business. Every single person in this room has a ministry that God's going to lead you. So this is anybody that is going to be leading somebody. It says, we all fail in many areas, but especially with our words. Yet, if we're able to bridle the words we say, we are powerful enough to control ourselves in every way and that means our character is mature and fully developed horses have bits and bridles in their mouths that we can control and guide their large body and the same with mighty ships though they are massive and driven by fierce winds yet they are steered by a tiny rudder at the direction of a person and so the tongue is a small part of the body yet it comes with great power just think of how small a flame can set a huge forest ablaze and the tongue is a fire It can be compared to the sum total of wickedness and is the most dangerous part of our human body. It corrupts the entire body and is a hellish flame and it releases a fire that can burn throughout for the course of human existence. For every wild animal on earth, including birds, reptiles, and creatures of the sea, have all been overpowered and tamed by humans, but the tongue is not able to be tamed. It's fickle, unrestrained, and it's evil that will spew words full of toxic poison." We will use our tongue to praise God our Father and then turn around and curse a person who was made in His very image. I want to say that one more time. We use our tongue to praise God our Father and then turn around and curse a person who was made in His very image. The same God that created you created everybody around you. Out of the same mouth that we pour out words of praise one minute, we will curse the next. My brothers and sisters, this should never be. Would you look for olives hanging on a fig tree or go to pick figs from a grapevine? Is it possible that fresh and bitter water can flow out of the same spring? So neither can a bitter spring produce fresh water. So that's the main part of my context, but I I always like to do points and notes. So my first point is this. Consequences remain long after the conversation is over. It does. The old uh, sticks and stones, that's not true. Because words leave scars that take longer than wounds do to heal. Sometimes the words that we hear, the words that we say, those words hurt so, so deeply that literally you can have an open wound on your body that will heal faster than your heart ever will. Proverbs 18 and 21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. The Passion Translation says your words are so powerful that they will either give life as the talkative person will reap the consequences. Ephesians 4, 26 and 27 says, but don't let the passion of your emotions lead you to sin. Don't become so emotionally that you're going to lead yourself to sin because that is not of God. Don't let anger control you or be fuel for revenge, not even for a day. Don't give the slanderous accuser, the devil, an opportunity to manipulate you. So, in other words, don't say something permanently painful because you are temporarily ticked off. Don't say something permanently painful because you are temporarily ticked off. How many of you have that instance where you just get mad like, bam, bam? I'm talking about zero to a hundred. Girl, Jason got mad at me on the way here. I turned to him. I said, you better be paying attention, not pep. So, and so we get mad. It happens so quick. We can't, we just like, we don't mean to. It's not that we mean to. It's just, it happens. Some people are very, very quick to react. And over time, I I mean, God still works on everybody. There are certain areas that he grows you with. Maybe he's not done growing you there. Maybe he is. I don't know. So it makes us ask the next question, though, because you think to yourself, I mean, am I just supposed to be a doormat? Am I never supposed to say anything? So this is my next point is this. Is it ever okay to engage? And that says don't be afraid to engage. Ephesians 4 and 29 tells you there is a time. Okay, 4 and 29 says what? Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. So when is it a proper time if you want to edify and show some grace? Jesus, who, you know, had it all together, (laughs) okay, He went in, I don't know if y'all remember this, when he went in and he cleansed the temple. Do y'all remember when this happened? Do any of y'all know this story? When he went in and he cleansed the temple, he overthrew the tables? Okay. So he did that with the money changers. He had a right because of what they were doing. He went in and he handled his business because he was Jesus and he can do that. Okay? But when we have to speak, we must do so in the right manner. We have to make sure that we're justified. So I suggest until you have made sure that you are ready, which we'll discuss in a minute on how you get that ready, I would hold my tongue unless we're 100% sure of what we're doing. So, a couple more points before we get to there on how we're doing. I'm gonna go ahead and address this one. Point three is simple as this flush the toilet. There is nothing I hate worse than sitting on a dirty toilet, it is a pet peeve of mine. If you come to my house if you pull up in my driveway the very first thing I'm gonna do if I see your lights if I hear your door shut and Jason and then we'll tell you this the very first thing I'm gonna do is I'm gonna run and check the bathroom <laughs> because I have boys and I want to make sure that there's no tinkle on the seat I don't want y'all walking in there and being you know because we're very funny back clean house but I don't want y'all walking in and seeing tinkle on my seats I don't want to sit on a tinkly seat I don't want y'all sitting on a tinkly seat okay so we run in and we check the toilet. It is always something Jason's cousin Nathan used to pull up at the house. And he, he would run in the house. He'd be like, I tried to run in here and see if I could beat you to the toilet. <laughs> I said, you ain't beating me, but I already been there. swabbed that bowl and we're out. <laughs> you know? So, so I run and cleans that toilet. But you know what's even worse than a dirty potty? A dirty potty mouth. So we're going to go ahead and talk about cursing and just get it out of the way. Okay. Because even though we all should know better by now, because we all at the church, and I know that none of you have ever, ever said a nasty word, ever, in your whole entire lives, right? So we're going to go ahead and just get it out there. So, and this was something that when I was studying come across. Most curse words, if you think about it, deal with sexual or bodily functions. Did y'all realize that? I mean, I'm not going to say any of them or give examples because I'm here at the church. (laughs) And the pastor's home and, you know, I don't want to say anything. But I want you to think of some in your head and think about it. And does it deal with a sexual or bodily function? Most of them do. They're trashy. They're very, very nasty. So Matthew 12 and 36 says, But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. What I want you to notice, the word idle. What does idling mean? You're just sitting there just, it's nothing, you're just, you're just sitting there in that moment. Some curse words would come out of habit or our surroundings. This happens all the time. You know, you go out with your friends, they laugh whenever we go out. And, um, you know, I don't have to, I'm, I'm really high on love. <laughs> I mean, I just love to go out and have a good time. And people around us probably think, my goodness, that lady has had some I swear I have not had a drop. I just love life. I just love to laugh and have a good time. You know, I mean, I'm the girl on the, the bottom floor of the movie theater showing them how to do the gas maneuver that my mama taught me, you know, when I was a little girl. Because it's funny, you know what I mean? And I'm just having a good time. My friend was suffering, so I did it. They filmed me and put me on YouTube over that. But my point is, I love to have a good time. And so I, I don't I don't need anything. But because I'm around all of these people and they're having a good time, then I'm having a good time. Well, it's the same thing. If you're around somebody negative and they're speaking trashy, You're going to be tempted to let it slip. You're not going to mean to, but you're going to pick up on their potty word and it's going to come out. Or you're going to sit and you're going to entertain their potty word, which comes one right after the other. Um, According to the scripture, we will still be held responsible for those words. Jesus sees and hears every time. We should want to please the Lord and that desire should always increase. So I want to please the Lord. I want to, I always want to do that. And so my desire for that should increase. Everybody should. So therefore, if I want to please the Lord, then I need to picture him sitting right here next to me. And if I say a nasty, nasty word, then Jesus has a right to spat my hand or wash my mouth out with soap. So if you ever, ever get to that point, I want you to just picture yourself spitting dawn everywhere because he's sitting right there and he hears you. He hears everything that we say. So, I went ahead and wanted to get cursing out of the way because that's part of the tongue, and I was like, I had to address it because some people struggle with that. I, I, that's not something I struggle with anymore. I was never really a big cursor anyway because I found it nasty, but there are some people that that was a thing for, and that's okay. Everybody has their own thing that they, that they struggle with, and that's some people's. This is something that I have struggled with. There are two sides to every story. There's always going to be two opinions. Why do you think a coin has two sides? (laughs) You can flip it whichever way you want to. It's going to be heads, it's going to be tails. And even though we become like Christ in spirit and in character, we are still different. And diversity is a good thing. I want to be like Christ. I want to be like Him. I'm not going to be like Kamal, though. I'm going to be like Christ. Kamal's going to be like Christ, but I'm not going to be like Kamal. I'm going to be like Summer because Summer's going to be like Christ. But we're not going to be exactly the same. We're not going to handle every situation in the same exact way. Whatever comes against her, she's going to deal with her way, and I'm going to deal with it my way. So even though we become like Christ in spirit and in character, we're not going to be the same always. And sometimes I think that we expect every Christian to fit into a certain mold, and everybody's going to be the exact same way. And so we must remember this in this instant. Do we extend the same level of respect as we desire for ourselves? Do we respect the person sitting next to us and their opinion and their side of the story as we do for ourselves? And I've had this come up in my own life. You cannot judge somebody's opinion if you're not there. Proverbs 18 and 13. He then answereth a matter before he heareth, and it is folly and shame unto him. Do not judge a situation if you have not encountered it firsthand. Proverbs 18 and 13. If you answer a matter before you hear, heareth it, it is folly and shame unto him. Do not judge a situation that you have not encountered firsthand. Nobody wants sloppy seconds. We must believe the best before we assume the worst of people. This is the main thing that I struggle with. Whenever something comes against you, and I have been there, and you hear that somebody's saying something about you, and you're worried what other people are thinking about you because they hear those things, that hurts, and I get it. But that's on them, and they're held accountable for it. You hold true to you. You keep praying. You keep digging. You keep pushing because your day is going to come, and they will eventually see your side. There's always two sides to every story, his side, her side, and the truth. And the truth's always going to prevail. And if you're on the side of the truth, then you're always gonna win. Always. It doesn't matter what other people all that matters is what he thinks about you. So I don't care about the other person's side of the story. I care about his story and what he tells me to do. So it leads us to the most hated topic for anybody. And point my next point it says gossip is nature's telephone. Hang up. I want you to drop the call. (laughs) I want you to act like it's a telemarketer. You know the one where you hit and you block them? God knew the danger of the tongue. You me tell you how I know he knew about it? Because he gave it two guards, your lips and your teeth. (laughs) Okay? Sometimes you need to bite it. Because it's better to bite your tongue than to eat your words later on. You need to taste your words before you spit them out. And that is a major, major thing. So whenever you go to say something, you need to stop and check yourself and ask yourself, is that really something that's going to build somebody up? Is that really something that's going to lead somebody where you would want them to go? Because Scripture tells us lots of different things about it, and I could not pick one. I just want to tell you all a couple of them because I could not. I was like, it was too many. And I'm going to read it, like I said, because these right here, I really want to have them blown up as poster size. Let's stick them around a couple places. Um, like, like, my, like my house. <clears throat> you can't trust gossipers with a secret. They'll just go blab it all. Put your confidence instead in a trusted friend, for he will be faithful to keep it in confidence. Who are you supposed to tell it to? He. What is another one? I'm going to give y'all a couple. It is Proverbs 11 and 13. Proverbs 16 and 28, and y'all don't have to write them all, I know, but i just like to give y'all a bunch. A twisted person spreads rumors. A whispering gossip ruins good friendships. You will lose a friend quicker than you know it over a nasty word. Proverbs 17 and 9. Love overlooks the mistakes of others, but dwelling on the failures of others will devastate friendships. You will lose some friends real quick. Sometimes it's not just in what we say. We might not be the one going to gossip. Sometimes it's in your response to the gossip. Proverbs 15 and 1 says, A soft answer will turneth away wrath, but a grievous word will stir up anger. Why am I saying this? I want you to think of a kitchen. First of all, if it gets too hot in the kitchen, just get out. I don't like anybody in the kitchen when I'm cooking. It is a major thing for me. Jason will tell you that all the time. I go to cook and I'm like, why do you choose to come in here and wash out your cup when you know I'm in here cooking? I can't say, I mean, I just want to have control over the kitchen and just get my stuff done and, and, and go as I, but my point is, if the kitchen is too hot, I don't want anybody surrounding me on top of me. It's hot in here, I just want to do my stuff, just get out of my way. So, in the kitchen while I'm cooking, number one, this relates to gossip, don't be a pot star. If somebody comes at you with something, don't be a pot stir. Don't be somebody who stirs that anger pot up. You know the friend I'm talking about. Y'all know who I'm talking about. You gonna say it, and boy, they instantly gonna hate them too. They don't know them from Adam, but they gonna hate them too because you hated them. Because that's what a good friend's supposed to do, right? I mean, we're supposed to bag each other up always. Don't be tasting off the spoon. Don't want just a little bit. You know what I mean? You want to be like, I don't want to know what she's talking about by my ass. Just a little bit. This don't tell me the whole thing. You ain't got to show me nothing. Just just tell me just a little bit about it, and then we'll move on. You know what I mean? You say so you want a little bit of it, but you don't want all of it, right? You just want to taste a little bit off the spoon of it. Don't even sniff around the kitchen. You know what I'm talking about. I'm over here, and I'm like, Lindsay, let me tell you what happened the other day. And then Summer's like, what'd she say? <laughs> you know why? Because you probably ain't going to hear what I'm saying to Lindsay. You ain't going to hear what I'm saying. You're going to hear something else. I mean, if I'm telling Lindsay that I wear a size 2 and you tell somebody I wear a size 22, that's wrong. Okay? Summer. Okay. But my point is, don't be sniffing around the kitchen thinking you're going to hear something. With the glass to the wall, you don't know wanna talking about? Okay. And that leads me to my next kitchen thing. Don't add your own spice to it when somebody doctors up something i've been cooking on my husband loves ketchup it is his thing it is and i will cook gumbo and red beans and rice and he will dump ketchup in it and eat it he's ketchup on everything so don't add your own spice to the mix if i'm if so you hear somebody saying something don't just run in there and comment We all got that person in our lives. You'll be standing there and you'll be talking to somebody and somebody will walk up. They don't have a clue what you're saying about. They're going to catch a piece of it and then they're going to come in with a story that they just have to tell you. Don't add your own spice to the conversation. The best thing you can do is keep walking because your tongue is going to get burnt if you keep adding spice to people's soups. You know what I mean? I'm just saying. Psalms 141 and 3 says, Set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth and keep the door of my lips. As a matter of fact, Lord, I would like for you to put a key on it and throw it away if you want to know the truth. Psalms 141 and 3. So it led me to a couple of quotes, which I absolutely love. This is a really good one. A dog that will fetch a bone will carry a bone. What does that mean? A dog that will fetch a bone, if they're willing to listen to whatever idle gossip you're spreading, then they're going to turn around and spread idle gossip whether it be about you or about somebody else. Don't be a dog. Don't be a gasoline queen. Do y'all know what that means? Adding fuel to the flames because you're going to set a forest fire that Smokey the Bear cannot even put out. (laughs) I mean, you want to add to the situation and all you're going to do is make a situation even worse. Because now you're not only creating a problem. Ha- they have a problem. Now you've created yourself a problem too. So don't be somebody who's going to add fuel to somebody's flame. Don't, don't pump somebody up above that. You want to pump somebody up over a ball game? You want to pump somebody up over about Jesus? I, I'm all for it. You know, we big ball gamers. we big Jesus folks. You know, go saints, go Jesus. You know what I mean? We're fine. But don't pump somebody up over a nasty word and be like, Oh, yes, girl, I heard that too. That is, oh, I'm with you. Amen. <laughs> don't amen gossip. Don't amen gossip. Gossip is wrong. Don't sit there and be like, I heard that too. That is wrong. You know, so if you want to be a cheerleader, I'm all for it. But make sure you're cheering for the right team. And in the end, because I know we all kind of battle this, it ain't saints versus cowboys. It's you versus the world, and you playing for Jesus. So you better make sure you're on the right team. So... We have seen so many wrongs here. We've talked about the wrongs, and y'all are like, oh, y'all, you're on me, you're on me. I'm on myself, and I'm just sharing it with y'all. So, we've seen so many wrongs. What is some right ways to use our tongue? Okay? So, one of my points is you will never, never regret prayers and praise, ever. In Isaiah, I'm reading out of King James, uh, chapter 12, verses 2 through 6. It says, Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. Lindsay, he's our song. He also is become my salvation. Therefore, with joy shall ye draw water out of the wells of salvation. And in that day shall ye say, Praise the Lord, call upon his name, declare his doings among the people, Make mention that his name is exalted. Sing unto the Lord, for he hath done excellent things. This is known in all the earth. Cry and shout, thou inhabitant of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel in the midst of thee. First of all, if you ever go to a church and it's really, really quiet, it says right here you're supposed to cry out and shout. Okay? You know the one I'm talking about? You know, we ain't supposed to be quiet sometimes when it comes to the Lord. I mean, I'm all about some quiet prayers, but I'm just telling you it's okay if you want to shout out. It's Okay? That's just a little you know, extra thing that I was done. you. So there are words that we will never regret. Words spoken in prayer to God. Delivering a heartfelt need and desire. Praises to God. What is that? Thankfulness. Declaring his never-ending goodness. One of the first ladies things that I come to here, Sister Patty was saying, if you ain't got nothing else to do, you just walk around going, you are good, you are good, you are good, you are good, you are good. And sometimes I've been in that moment. Well, I can't think of anything. So I just tell him, you are good, you are good, you are good, you are good, till I believe it myself. So sometimes you have to be in that point because there's always something to praise over. Talk to him about the battles that he has fought for you and won. Talk to him about that. That is praise. God, you have you come, Lord, you fought my battle for me. You won. Talk to him about your victories. The ones that you accomplished not of your own, but through Him. You go to Him and you say, God, today I want a victory. It's small, but I did it through you. So you will never regret it. You will never regret singing to the Lord. That's right. Worship, preparing your heart. Let me tell you what, they used to pick at this. I used to sing at my old church and play the tambourine. But I just want to say that I did it because... I had joy in it. I meant it. Nothing put me in a better mood to worship than singing and and clapping my hands and loving my Father. One of the favorite things I love about here is, you know, when we come in and we start worshiping, and and it's just like you can feel it. You can feel the very, very presence of God, and you just don't want it to end because you're sensing that God loves that. He loves for you to sing. The person behind me now may not like it, (laughs) You know, I apologize if y'all know Miss Gemma. I will call her and tell her I'm sorry. I mean, because sometimes I just get loud with. It. Sometimes I lose myself in it. I know, girl. I'm have to. But Jason likes sitting back there in back row. <laughs> I'm just playing. So, but I sometimes I get so caught up in it. Look, I hit Peyton in the face the other day. They said, "Raise a hallelujah." Bam! Peyton said, "Mama, you hit me." I said, "Hush, boy. i praising the Lord." Don't ruin my thoughts on what I'm trying to do right here. I mean, I'll I'll doctor you later. You know what I mean? (laughs) Never, ever don't praise Him because that is part of it. When else can you use your tongue witnessing for the Lord? Helping to win souls for His kingdom. Helping someone through a battle. If you want to talk to somebody about something, talk to somebody about something that you've faced and been like, Hey, I've been there. Let me tell you what God did for me. And maybe he can do the same thing for you. Hey, there's hope. There's hope in God. We must be doers of the word. It's not enough to hear it. We got to do it. And God says if we're going to use our tongue, we got to praise him and sing to him. So if we do all that, one of my other points is, okay, do y'all know the old Toys R Us song? I'm a big kid now. Do y'all know that one? Okay, now you're singing it in your heads, you know. Spiritual maturity is only reached through God. That's it. If you want to be a big kid now, then you got to put time in with prayer, study, and worship. We can't control what we don't desire to. You can't control your mouth because you don't want to control your mouth. You're fine sitting in a dirty pig's pond because that's where you're comfortable at. You're fine speaking nasty because that's where you're comfortable I don't want to break outside of my comfort zone. I like it right where I'm at. All of your houses have a temperature that you like it at. And if somebody comes to your house, my mother comes to me, she's like, it's freezing in hell. God, oh, I can't feel my hands. She says this, you know, my sister-in-law's here tonight. This is absolutely beautiful. She comes in first and she grabs a blanket. Curls her feet up underneath her. You know what I mean? Because nobody likes being outside of their comfort zone. My house is set at 68 probably or lower. They like their house at 74. You know what I mean? Everybody's different. But you want to know what? You cannot sit in a comfort zone with Christ. <laughs> Don't set your thermostat and walk away. You've got to adjust it sometimes because the seasons is going to change. Go ahead in the wintertime and keep your thermostat set at 68 and see what you're going to come up with. You're going to be cold, okay? My point is you've got to adjust sometimes. You've got to want to grow. You've got to want to expand. And if I keep myself set in the same ways all the time, I ain't going nowhere. I'm just sitting idle. You put some stagnant water, you're going to get some algae and some growth and some E. coli and some bacteria in it because it's just sitting there. And I don't want to just sit there. I want to be a big kid. Proverbs 21 and 23. Who, a, who keepeth his mouth and his tongue keepeth his soul from troubles. If you can't control your mouth and you can't control your tongue, then your soul's going to have trouble. Because we already said you're going to face judgment over it. Isaiah 50 and 4 says, Some of these were too big to write. The Lord God hath given me the tongue of the learned. The tongue of the what? Learned. How you learn? You gotta want to hear it. Where are you gonna hear it from? Where are you gonna hear it from? Are you gonna hear it? Are you gonna hear it from from your coworker who who's speaking to pottiness? I don't think so. You're not gonna hear it from there. You know where you're gonna hear? Digging into His Word, Getting to that church, hearing that message, and not just walking in here and hearing it, but being like, Lord, take it and apply it. Do what you want. You got to believe in it. That I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. You can't pass anything along to somebody if you're not full yourself. He waketh morning by morning, he waketh my ear to hear as the learned. You got to want to hear it and apply it. You cannot control something if you don't want to control it. Which is this. And this is one of the main reasons that I've really, really struggled, especially one of the main reasons we even started going to church ever even started trying to develop a relationship how can we teach our kids if we don't set an example but you want me to tell you what a negative tongue can be hereditary if you're speaking nasty then your kids are going to turn around and speak nasty don't get mad at your kids when the teacher calls and says that sally said a nasty word if you're if you're speaking it at home how can you get on to your child for something that you are doing This is a big thing for me. Always, if I'm going to get on to my kids about it, I better be sure that I'm setting an example about it. So I cannot tell my kids not to go out and speak nasty if I'm at home and I'm doing it. I desire to be spiritually mature but always growing, always. So I want to set an example for my kids. I want them to have a, a set something where when they come in, they'll be like, my mama... My mama didn't talk like that. Mom, we don't talk like that at our house. You, when we first started, look, this was, and I know this ain't potty words to most of y'all, but it was to us. When we first started, we had to really, really work with our kids. We hung a poster on our refrigerator that said, these words are not allowed to be said. Shut up, stupid, ignorant. These type of words that, that to y'all might not be potty words, but they were to me. Yeah. Because if you're saying that in maliciousness towards somebody, that's ugly. And so we really, really had to work on that. And we put a poster up. And if you got caught saying those, you were in trouble. I don't want to hear those words come out of your mouth. We had to train ourselves. Because the first thing you want to do whenever you're kids and you're on a two-hour car trip and your kids won't shut up in the back seat is you want to turn around and say, Shut up. So we had to turn around and say, Hey, look, would you mind lowering the volume just a little bit? Because you know, we don't want to say shut up to people. So how do we fix it if we struggle? How do you fix it? A tongue must be harnessed by the Spirit of God. You ain't going to fix it, but you can ask Him to. Proverbs 19 and 21 says, There are many devices in a man's heart, nevertheless the counsel of the Lord that shall stand. You can go to anybody you want for advice, but the counsel of the Lord shall stand. James 1 and 26, if any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, that man's religion is in vain. Because you know why? You got to say, hang on a second, I got to die. You got to set yourself aside so that he can pour it into you. You got to say to yourself, I'm done. I'm not going to do this anymore. And I'm going to let you do it for me, Lord. Because he can give you power over everything, including the power of your tongue over every single thing that you say. Everything. So whenever I was studying this, and I started trying to find scripture to speak over myself, a situation that would help me, I said, how can I help myself to get it into me? I started, like Brother Dean said, started using scripture as prayers. Because that's how we enter a different area of the courtroom. You know, I want to start using those as, as prayers. So I would say to myself, For in a visitation of the night, you inspected my heart and refined my soul in fire until nothing vile was found in me. I've wanted my words and my ways to always agree. Psalm 17 and 3. I started saying to myself, so may the words of my mouth My meditation, thoughts, and every movement of my heart be always pure and pleasing, acceptable before your eyes, my only redeemer, my protector, my God. Psalms 19 and 14. And then I said to myself, Here's my life motto, the truth I live by. I will guard my ways for all my days. I will speak only what is right, guarding what I speak. Like a watchman guards against an attack of the enemy, I will guard and muzzle my mouth when the wicked are around me, and I will remain silent and I will not grumble or speak out of my disappointment. This one I want to take and I'm gonna pin up at my work because I will remain silent and I will not grumble or speak out of my disappointment. Because when something happens, I am just as guilty as anybody else that I hate it and it makes me furious and I want to grumble about it. But I'm not helping anybody, and I'm not helping the situation. I still got to do whatever they said. So I need to quit grumbling about it and being disappointed about it and move forward. This is things that I've started speaking Scripture over my life. Psalms 39 and 1. These three are out of the passion because that's the way. This is what I pack to work with me. It's easy to pack in my purse. 39 and 1. Pray for power to control your tongue. The words that you speak must be pleasing to God, but they may also lead someone to Christ or away from it. I want somebody to look at me and be like, man, I want what she's got. Look at her. You know, I want what she's got. I have those people in my life that I look at, I'm like, I want to be like them. Look how amazing they are. Look how full of the Lord they are. But if I'm sitting over here and I'm grumbling and I have this nasty twisted look on my face, and I look like I've ate a sour lemon, I don't want to sit next to you, and I don't want to talk to you, and I sure don't want to be like you. I want to be around people that are pleasing and loving. You know, and I tell you, the worst place for it is a church. Church. It is. It is. I'm just speaking to you. from. You know, you walk in and and it's stone cold. You know what I mean? And nobody's loving on anybody. Get up. And when he says get up up and love on somebody, you better turn to somebody and tell them you love them. If you don't love them, you better find somebody you do love. Hug yourself. Like this. I mean, if you don't love nobody else around you, I know you love yourself. Because you got up that morning and looked in the mirror and did your hair real nice. So turn around and just hug yourself. You want to be more. And we can't be more if we don't go to the one who created it. So whenever I was studying, I said, Lord, I want to be, I want to have control over my life, but I really want to have control over my tongue. It is the only muscle in the body that operates free of the human skeletal muscle. No bones can control it. Just me. Just me. I'm the only one who can control my own tongue. And sometimes I fail. (laughs) Sometimes I say things that I should not say. And in turn, every time that somebody says something wrong against me, it breaks my heart. But you know what? God has put me in a different place where I desire more for those people. I want them to eat, maybe not with me, (laughs) but I want them to eat. I mean, I pay for their meal somewhere else. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) You know what I mean? But you should always want the best for somebody. So, my prayer's been, and I've said this lazy, my prayer is, Lord, open their eyes. I don't care if they see my opinion. I just want them to see, period. It ain't got to be my way. Life is not my way or the highway, whether you want it or not. It's His way or the highway. And so, I just, I really want to do better. Does anybody have Thank you for to listening day? to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to livechurchofcolumbia.org.